Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Let's start the podcast by me saying that there will be spoilers for the reason that, well, there will be. And that is the warning of them. That's how that, that's how that works, yeah. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million doll hairs. No, doll hairs. No, that is ridiculous, regardless of what I said. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as those are things that are relatively easy to do and very good for podcasts so the ratio is you know good relatively easy very good why not do it do it okay i think uh that's really because i want to try to speed through this episode because i got shits to do and by that i mean i have to take a shit let's push a button and we'll get started thusly ladies and gentlemen some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Bulger Burgers and Waste Disposal. Thank you for that sponsorship, you lovely, lovely sponsorship. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Movie the first is 2001 colon, A Space Odyssey. Oh. If you have not seen this movie, um, I don't know if you could call yourself a sort of diehard sci-fi fan if you haven't seen this movie. I have, and that's why I'm able to call myself that. Uh, all of that, all of that, which is not a lot, but that said, uh, I will say that to a new sort of viewer of sci-fi or a modern-day movie watcher, this movie is slow as balls. Slow as testicles. That doesn't really make too much sense. I guess in terms of testicles, when I think of mine, that is. They're not very fast. They're, they're very infrequently <laughs> moving at a high rate of speed. So yeah, slow as testicles, this movie. Just the pace. Uh, it is, oh, how long is it? 160 minutes. So it's a long movie combined with being very, very slow. Makes it... Feel like it just drags on too much. Uh, I will say, as I do with a lot of movies, in fact, the majority, you might even say, uh, I watch this while doing something else, primarily, as in this case, play video games. So, uh, so that helped. And I had seen this movie before, uh, at least once that I can think of, maybe twice. Uh, and it is in a sort of an incredible feat that this came out in 1968. And some of the visuals within it uh, stand up to this day. Definitely pretty incredible. And uh, I kinda, uh, something I like to think about is if I was alive in 1968 and went to see this movie, my mind would just be... It would be I'd probably come out of the movie theater a little screwed up, to be honest with you. So uh, let me read the IMDb, although I don't know why. Humanity finds a mysterious obviously artificial object buried beneath the lunar surface and with the intelligent computer HAL 9000 sets off on a quest. That's kind of a strange description of the movie, but hey, what are you going to do? Give you a better one? Yeah, um, basically this starts at the dawn of human consciousness and ends with us in the year 2000 and 1, as the name indicates, uh, sort of flying through space towards uh, Saturn, Jupiter, that area. Uh, humanity is sort of making its first steps 
into really heavy space exploration, if not colonization. So uh, that's quite a scope. Epic is definitely a word you could use to describe this. Uh, one sort of curious thing uh, you'll always see on movies of this nature, uh, that nature being made in the 60s, representing a future that has already passed. Uh-huh. Oh, you know what? On that note... Oh, fuck. We're going to go along today. I can feel it already. Uh, on that note, uh, today is... Uh, this is behind-the-scenes action, because that's not when this is going to air. Air? Be posted. Whatever you want to call it. Drop. Flop. Plop. Oh, boy. Uh, just getting off the rails here, but that'll happen from time to time. Uh, today is October... 21st 2015 which if you are a follower of time travel movies you will know that's when marty mcfly and back to the future traveled back to the future <laughs> so uh kind of interesting that we're talking time travely things i suppose uh the time travel here that we're talking is that uh, in 1968 i guess that's what they thought when i say they i mean arthur c clark uh thought that um, where we would be by 2001, and we're not even there yet. So uh, that was sort of make that error, I find. Uh, I wonder in, you know, many, many years from now, if we'll look back at the movies of today and still have that same thing. Or maybe we'll have the opposite, since technology sort of seemingly jumps in leaps and bounds. Okay, I, I gotta move on. I spent way too much... I spent 2001 years on this, seemingly. Jesus... Jesus. Rating? Jeez, uh, this is a hard, hard movie to rate. Um, if I saw this in 1968 in the movie theater, I'd give it a 5 out of 5. Ha-ha. <laughs> okay, movie the second is Electric Boogaloo, colon, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. Ah. This is a documentary, a one-of-a-kind story about two-of-a-kind men. See, look at that. Fucking up. Uh, who, better or for worse, changed film forever. So, there was, uh, back in the day, such a thing by the name of Canon Films, which was a movie-making company that made quote-unquote movies, put quotes on that, because a lot of the movies were pretty bad. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. He-Man Masters of the Universe sort of jumps out at me uh, right at the top there. You know, today, uh, yeah, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, <laughs> anyways, the list goes on and on, uh, they are, for my bank, for my buck, as a lover of movies, good in the sense that they're fun to watch, bad in the sense that they're pretty bad movies, so bad it's good, you might say, ooh, did I just coin that term? No, that's been around for a very, very long time. Uh, and this documentary sort of talks about the rise and fall from the point of view of the two dudes who were behind Canon Films. Sort of the, in, the most interesting takeaway uh, that I found from this movie is, is sort of a number, and I'm going to screw this number up, but it'll be close-ish. Um, a average movie-making company, a producer of movies, makes... Uh, I forget what they said exactly, let's just round it to what I think it was, that doesn't make sense, 16 movies a year. These guys were making like 80 movies a year, like just a ridiculous amount to the point where uh, they'd forget which movies they were working on while being on the set of other movies. They'd think they'd be on one movie set, but actually be on the other, so things wouldn't make sense to them. Uh, that, right, that fact right there sort of gives you a bit of an indication of what a canon film could be. Uh, this documentary about those movies, uh, I'd go solid 4 out of 5. And if you are a lover of movies, potentially even 5 out of 5. Very, very good, very well done. Lots of interesting little tidbits. Okay, uh, moving on to a film called Cooties. Cooties. A mysterious virus hits an isolated elementary school, transforming the kids into a feral swarm of mass savages. Mass savages. That's a weird thing to say. Sometimes the IMDb descriptions of movies don't make too much sense. Uh, yeah, basically the kids are turned into zombies, maybe a little smarter than zombies. Uh, this movie stars Elijah Wood, uh, and Rain Wilson, 
a shit ton of other people that will rename rename will rename mainless huh uh yeah uh it's sort of a it's a comedy zombie movie and if i know anything about comedy zombie movies is that they're usually pretty good <laughs> uh watched this one with the missus and had a friend over the friend of the missus and myself uh and because i knew of her love of comedies and her uh, apparent like of horrors and her great just sort of booming all-encompassing love of elijah wood uh, i thought this would be a good movie to watch with her and uh turns out yeah that was a good idea oh something i did uh, that i don't often do or don't always do uh, is get the rating of the missus and the missus's friend and my friend uh, so, uh, the missus gives it a 2.5, which, you know, her scale's pretty broken, so we won't pay too much attention to that. Uh, the missus's friend, and my friend, uh, she gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Uh, I'm not really familiar with her scale, so I'm gonna assume that's a good rating. Uh, I'm gonna go an almost 4. Yes, and my scale is nonsensical, but in the terms of its convolutedness, but, uh, makes perfect sense in the terms of the rating of things oh boy the final movie in this the world's longest movie monologue that i've ever done jesus is black mass mm. kept hearing about this on podcasts so i felt like i had to watch it stars uh, johnny depp as james whitey bulger I put quotes, air quotes, around the name Whitey. You couldn't see it because this is audio only. <clears throat> audio only. Uh, his makeup in this, uh, I assume he looks... You know what, I should look up a picture of Whitey Bulger and see how close it was. But uh, he really didn't look a lot like Johnny Depp. Like the, the makeup was incredible. The story also, I enjoyed it. It was sort of a little on the typical side. Typical in, if you don't know what a bulger, maybe you don't know what that means. Uh, it's kind of a mafia story, mafioso. You got your violence, you got your FBI, you got your, you know, things of that nature. Uh, it is what you think it is. Is it done well? Yes, I would say it's done well. Rating-wise, I don't know if I can go four out of five. Okay, in in an effort to keep it convoluted, let's say uh, four out of five if you're in the mood for a movie about mafia-type things, or if you're not, three out of five. Hey, convolutedness. Yeah. Oh, boy. Let's try to pick up the pace in this television talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Mr. Meeseeks Detective Agency. They will not rest until your case is solved. Thank you for that. Okay, so in this Television Talk, we have an entire first season of a television program. That television program is Rick and Morty. Yes. Rick and Morty is something, a phenomenon, you might say, that uh, I've been hearing about for quite a while now. And from every evidence, including my uh, Loot Crate subscription that had within it a puzzle that I did that was a Rick and Morty themed puzzle, even that evidence, uh, this is something that was going to be so far up my alley, I would have trouble getting it out again. And you know what? I think something has just happened, which happens from time to time, and that is I have come up with the title of this episode, and that is so far up my alley I will have trouble getting it out I don't know if anyone has made that a saying before but um, you you heard it happen you know I didn't steal that from anyone I don't think so uh, that's a, that's a pretty decent title why not uh, yes anyways uh, creator Dan Harmon and that's sort of where I wanted to take off 
talking of this is the fact that Dan Harmon seemingly, for my brain anyway, can do no wrong. Uh, everything he has a sort of hand in its creation, be it a community or uh, Harmon Town or this, uh, anything he touches, any podcasts I've heard him on, he's always sort of generated in me great like of him through the works he has done and things he has said. So that's pretty high praise, I suppose, for Dan Harmon. Uh, the the show is fucked. It's pretty fucked. It's uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> How do you how do you describe uh, Rick and Morty? It's a, a grandfather and a grandson. Uh, the grandfather is a scientist who's uh, I was tempted to say evil scientist. He's he's not evil. Evil scientist in the sense that if you said a crazy mad scientist guy, you could picture him fairly well. Take out some of the evilness and put in maybe slightly more craziness. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to say it. As anything is. Um, and he and his grandson go on adventures. His grandson is sort of typical in many regards. Not too bright, not too dumb, not too big, not too small. <laughs> Even the way he looks is just brown hair, yellow shirt, blue jeans, white pants, just normal. One of the most normal characters of normalness that you've ever seen. He's got a crush on a girl. Uh, and I think that is potentially one of the ingredients of the show that makes it work, is you take the most normal of normal young boys that you could possibly imagine, and then team him up with the most crazy of craziest human beings that you can imagine, uh, and send them throughout space and... Uh, space and dimensions, which is something I think I just read. Uh, the... Was it Rick? Uh, was it Dan Harmon said this? I, I, I'm going to paraphrase something that may, I may or may not have read or heard. Wow, that's that's really going out on a limb there. Uh, and that is that this show has not yet traveled through time, uh, which is sort of fascinating because after watching the first season of it, you almost feel like there was some time travel involved. But when you look back on it, I, I guess maybe there wasn't. And the reason that they can sort of explain around some of the feeling of time travel is that uh, <clears throat> they're using the idea which is pretty strong from a scientific point of view at least in, from my somewhat limited science and physics knowledge that uh, there's an infinite amount of possible universes out there uh, every decision we make creates a new universe. If, say there's a universe in which I cough right now. There's a universe in which uh, an asteroid destroys a planet and I don't finish this sentence. Ooh, that one was kind of frightening, actually. Um, every permutation that there that can't happen will happen in some other universe. So uh, the grandfather... Was it Rick or Morty? Jesus. I'm so bad with names. Like... Uh, uh, Jake the dog and Finn the human. See, I, I kind of have to sing it to know which is uh, which is Jake and which is Finn. Uh, the reason... Okay, I'm getting off track here. Yes, what was I saying? Oh, I've, I've sent myself... You know what? There's a dimension in which I didn't screw up right there. Anything's possible. So uh, they're sort of jumping from one to the other with an invention of the grandfathers, uh, a sort of remote control that lets them pass through portals to anywhere they want to go at any time. The, that sort of thing. Uh, the, the sort of interesting thing I just said there that sort of threw me off track is that uh, Jake the dog and Finn the human from Adventure Time. Very sort of Adventure Time feel to it a little bit. Um, in terms of animation, in terms of uh, a couple of dudes... Uh, going on adventures that literally anything can happen. And I think that's where my love of both of these shows, Rick and Morty and uh, uh, Adventure Time, that's probably where a lot of my love comes from. And in that it's that feeling of literally anything can happen and you do not know what is going to happen. Uh, quite often talk, I feel more on uh, movie monologues talk of that feeling of uh, when I'm watching a movie and uh, I predict what's going to happen 
and then it does happen, there is a sense of, yeah, wow, I'm, I'm a smart guy, I predicted that. But then there's also that sense of disappointment that, oh, so that is what's going to happen. When I'm surprised from watching a movie, um, I, I tend to like it much more. So I think that's maybe why I like Rick and Morty and Adventure Time, because there's always that sense of surprise around every corner. Wow, that almost sounded like smart, but, you know, not quite... Today's book banter sponsor is the HAL 9000 self-driving car operating system. Oh boy. Okay, so for this book banter, we have 2001 Space Odyssey. What? You gonna you gotta clean your ears out? Didn't we already talk about that in movie in the movie monologue at the top of the show for way way too long? Yes, we did. Oh, you know what? On that note, perhaps we'll try to speed through this a little bit more since I said a lot of what has to be said. Uh, yeah, so uh, I read the book 2001 Space Odyssey by Mr. Arthur C. Clarke, which is why I decided to re-watch the uh, movie. I, I sort of wanted to compare and contrast, so that is what I've done. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Right off the bat, one of the things that's kind of amusing is that the book was short. It was like under 200 pages. So to turn a 100-200 page book into a 160 minute movie is impressive. Uh, there are differences, of course. Uh, I did, yeah, do Yeah, I suppose. And this is not a shocking thing to say by any means, but I did hesitate for a millisecond. I, I did like the book better than I did uh, the movie. Probably book wise, I'd go four uh, to some five out of five moments. Uh, the ending of both book and movie kind of... I don't know, I don't really like the end. Uh, it's sort of... Is it... I don't I don't know if it's too weird, too cerebral, but I kind of like that stuff, so I don't know what it is. It just didn't... It didn't... Like, I didn't feel like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Uh, it, it's just too strange for me. Which seems impossible. <laughs> For me to say something is too strange for me seems impossible, but I, I think the ending of 2001 Space Odyssey, definitely the movie, and possibly the book as well, is just too out there, and impossible to explain. Like, uh, I'm tempted to sort of just read the explanation, find, find on a Wikipedia page the explanation for someone's got to synopsize the ending of these things for me to a childlike level so I can understand them. Uh, wait a second, this book came in, came out in 1968, but so did the movie? Well, that's sort of strange. Am I looking? Yeah, I am looking at the right one. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, another thing that uh, I guess maybe is a little hint to my feelings on the book is there's more in this 2000 series, so the next book being 2010 something, and uh, I sort of decided against reading it, which uh, when I started and until about three quarters way through reading this book, I felt like, oh man, this is a good series, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't wait to see where this is going, and then at the end of this, I'm like, eh, you know what, uh, I kind of don't care anymore, so I don't know, uh, I'll tell you what, S since I want to speed through this, uh, since we spent so much time on the movie, and that covers a lot of but not all, of the book, uh, let me throw it to you, listening to this. If you have uh, read the book or seen the movie, what did you think of the ending? I would love to hear from you. You can uh, let me know to the address, email address, provided in the closing credits, uh, or you could tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood. Uh, you can Facebook at me on the Lackadaisical Liberal Cuperless Facebook page. You can uh, send me a carrier pigeon. You can uh, listen while I eat a cookie because I'm just trying to fill up time here while this thing ticks over so we can talk about a video game. Oh, uh, rating-wise, what did I give the movie? Uh, we'll give this... 
uh, slightly more than what I gave the movie. Wow, that is convoluted. That's just how we roll uh, in order to keep gravity. Hmm. Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Geralt's Inscape Room. You may have heard of the escape room that you can participate in. This is similar to that, except you have to break in. Similar to a bank vault. Geralt's Inscape Room. Thank you, sponsorship. Speaking of sponsorship... No, no, we got nothing there. Uh, Witcher 3, Hearts of Stone. <laughs> the, uh, no segue. Zero segue. That must have been jarring for you. Okay, so uh, you may have thought we were done talking Witcher, although I do believe, probably, potentially, in our last Witcher talk, uh, I did mention that I had completed the game, but that there was downloadable content, or DLC if you prefer, that uh, would be coming out in the months and potentially years to come, uh, so occasionally would probably check in from time to time. Well, the very first of the Witcher DLCs of any sort of large scope uh, has been released just recently and I got my hands on it since I paid for the season pass and uh, I can say that's a lot of fun and uh, I sort of uh, I'm having a, a great time revisiting the world of The Witcher so uh, I don't know if I've ever really like uh, I'm trying to think back like with Fallout I think what I would normally or did would normally have did I think what I did with Fallout 3 New Vegas was play through the main game and then waited for all of the DLC to be released and then started again from the beginning and played through the whole game and then all the DLCs at the end of it. I, I'm pretty sure that's what I did. It's probably what I'll do for Fallout 4, potentially. No, no, I'll probably, I'll probably do what I did for this, which is play the DLCs one at a time. It's sort of a new experience for me, and uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's funny, it does take a little bit to get back into it just from remembering uh, how things are, how things are controlled, things of that nature. So there was, not a learning curve isn't the right word, but it did take me, you know, 10 minutes to figure out where everything was again. Okay, so uh, this DLC is called Hearts of Stone. Um, probably, uh, in fact, I'd go so far as to potentially say definitely... <laughs> Um, breaking this up into two parts just because I feel like I'm uh, about half to three quarters done the DLC so uh, maybe we'll have a little wrap up in next game Gabin uh, next week uh, if things go according to plan. Uh, in the first half of this uh, I've sort of come across this dude who I forget why exactly oh yeah yeah he uh, he saved me from imprisonment which is kind of bullshit. I felt like, uh, you know, I'm Geralt. Geralt of Rivia. I could get out of this stupid cage and kill a, fuck a, a couple of goddamn pirates and such. Uh, but no, he saved me, so then I guess I owed him. Uh, that owing, of course, comes at a price. And that price involved helping another guy. I don't really get how that worked. Uh, with three tasks. So uh, j just as a sort of an example, I'm done the first two tasks and uh, am on to the third, which is why I think I'm probably close-ish to done. And I also heard that this DLC takes about ten hours, and I don't know, I got maybe seven into it or something like that. I'm trying to do it all, like top to bottom. Uh, so maybe it takes a little longer if you do it that way. Anyways, uh, my first task uh, came in the form of a bank heist. Oh wait, did I do the first? Yeah, the first two. So uh, that was interesting. I, I can't remember ever in a game that was not the heist. <laughs> or I guess maybe in Grand Theft Auto. Wasn't there some heist in some of those ones? Anyways, in, in, a, in a fantasy setting, I can't ever remember doing a, a heist of any kind. Uh, so that was cool. Something I liked about it was... Maybe liked is too strong a word. Something I'm curious about is you decide who you want to be a part of your... Of your party in order to pull off this heist. So I went with a, a dwarf guy who's good with explosives. 
Uh, I went with this young elf girl who's good at, like, you know, climbing shit. <laughs> uh, and I think there was another guy. A anyways, uh, I'm curious if I had to pick other people how my heist would have gone different than it did. Uh, it did go okay, I guess. I mean, I finished it. Uh, the next part was something else that was a little different. I attended a wedding. Yeah, that was strange. Uh, potentially, I could see that being boring compared to a heist, but uh, they managed to keep me fairly interested. It, it wasn't nearly as interesting as the heist. Um, I guess the, the goal there was to try to have sex with the girl who... Uh, invited me to the wedding, which I did. Uh, and the little twist that helped to make it more interesting is that my body was inhabited by a ghost. <laughs> so, pretty fucked up when you say it out loud like that, which uh, is probably one of the reasons that I have enjoyed it so much. Uh, okay, so uh, you've heard we're out of time for this. I'll just say that um, where I have left off playing is that I'm on, I'm on the third task, which... It's kind of strange. I have to get this guy a flower. <laughs> Again, that sounds stupid. Uh, but the flower is from his wife, who died a long time ago. So, basically, I'm in a painting that I think has caused me to travel back in time. Kind of, sort of, within the painting or something. So, <laughs> when I come back for next game gabbing... Game gabbing, whatever the fuck this is called. See, I've confused myself with how crazy this is. Uh, I will be probably out of the painting that I'm now in. Uh, and just on the note of the painting, so beautiful. Like, uh, th this this world in general is sort of beautiful to behold in terms of lighting and, and scope and just how far you could see and, and flora and fauna. and It's incredible to look at. Now imagine that beauty and then you hop into a painting and everything's sort of brush-stroked and a, maybe a little more colorful... Uh, really, really incredible. So I'm looking forward to uh, exploring this painting. Fucking crazy shit, man. I love video games. Love them. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Sex Swing Bacon Wigs. Sex Swing Bacon Wigs. Oh my, what has happened? What has happened? <sighs> okay, uh, item the first is the last episode of Epic Mealtime. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a, for an incredibly popular web series, uh, to throw in the last episode is smart and potentially to a certain type of viewer probably infuriating i am not one of those viewers viewers i can appreciate the joke slash way in which that will pull people in to watch your video um spoiler or not since that was a couple weeks ago uh it wasn't the last episode what i think this kind of means and if you're unfamiliar with epic meal time this is one of those sort of pity uh, and envy situations. Pity, because you're unfamiliar with Epic Mealtime. Envy, because now you have five years of episodes to catch up on, you lucky son of a bitch. Uh, I, I think maybe they said at the beginning of the five years of episodes that they've posted on YouTube, the, the millions and billions of views. Is it billions of views? Definitely millions of views. They said, we're going to do this for five years, and then it's going to be over. So I, I think what has happened is they hit the five-year anniversary and then sort of came to the realization, hey, we said we were going to stop doing this after five years, and then thought, you know what, why would we stop doing this thing that we love, this thing that brings great joy to millions of people, myself included, uh, and probably, but potentially... I'm assuming makes them a fair amount of money. So <laughs> why would you stop doing those things? I, I, I guess you could look at the sort of Seinfeld-esque idea of quitting while you're on top. But uh, f 
because these guys, I haven't seen a, any sort of downturn in their content as far as generating laughs in my belly. Uh, yeah, keep keep up the good work, basically, is what I'm saying. Okay, speaking of good work, moving on to uh, Blast from the Past in the sense that I haven't spoke of it in a while since there hasn't been a thing in the while, and that is a little uh, video from Amanda Cowled, one of the geekettes, who has just recently, in the terms of when I watched this video, <laughs> uh, returned from New York Comic Con. Not recently, in terms of when you're listening to this, because I record quite a bit ahead and then post them later. Oh my god. You're not supposed to know about things like that. That's what professional podcasters don't talk of. But I, as I like to say, so you get it through your thick skulls, I'm not a professional. Professionals probably wouldn't say you have thick skulls, but I just did, to further evidence of it. Oh boy. So, uh, yeah, Amanda Cowell's just back from uh, New York Comic Con and has done on YouTube a vlog, which is a video weblog of her adventures there. So uh, I recommend that for several reasons. She's pretty goddamn adorable. One. B... Uh, probably one of the things on my bucket list would be... Well, I have a number of things. Going to New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, bringing Nerd Kane to one of those things would be incredible. Uh, and maybe one day I'll do. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Oh, just give myself a little plug there. Google for yourself, or Facebook for yourself, or... No, probably just those two things. Instagram, yeah, for yourself. Uh, Nerd Kane Adventures... And uh, you will see what that means. Uh, actually, Amanda Cald, now that I sort of, let's, you know, contain this all together. Amanda Cald has been in quite a number of, has she been in all of them? If not all of them, a shit ton of them, of the Nerd Kane Adventures. So, uh, there you go, we're crossing streams, as you do. Uh, so she talks of her trip to New York Comic Con, uh, some of the trials, tribulations, cool things, not so cool things, and uh, it was a delight to watch, so I recommend you watch it. Hey, there you go. Uh, okay, so moving on to what happens at the edge of the universe. Shit, what was... I can't remember what this was from. I think it was PBS. Yeah, I think it was a PBS production of some sort. Uh, but I remember uh, I woke up, I think, uh, Sunday morning and watched it in bed, and it just had me sort of wrapped and blew my mind. Uh, I'm probably not going to remember much of it, and we're almost out of time, so I'll just speed through. Uh, one thing I do remember... And... Yeah, see? Uh, and that is the fact that what we see as the edge of the universe is not actually the edge of the universe... Uh, and that has to do with, you know, light and the traveling of light at the speed of light. So if, say, I were to leave now to where we now currently see the edge of the universe, by the time I got there, uh, that edge would be however long it took me, however, say, I was going at the speed of light, uh, however many light years it took me to get to that destination, that's how further the... Uh, the edge of the universe would be. So it, it's infinite is a word that is perhaps thrown around willy-nilly, but seemingly potentially infinite. And one of the other cool ideas, oh, just sort of pinged off in my brain here, uh, that this, this idea, this, this guy had, it wasn't his idea, but an idea that he let us know that other people have, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, the idea of that the universe is a sphere, but it's a sphere so large that it doesn't seem like a sphere. Okay, so uh, it seems to be flat. So, so, so picture the, the, the globe. Imagine it was so large that it seemed to be flat, but eventually, uh, if you kept going in one direction, you would come around to the other side of it. So, so that was a cool idea that I'd never heard before. And uh, it's the thinking of cool ideas like that. Why? I watch things such as that. And other things, such as Funhouse, uh, Sex Swing Live. <laughs> well, that's quite a transition from talking of the edge of the universe to uh, Sex Swing Live from, from the good boys. The good boys? <laughs> the good old boys? 
Oh boy, derailed, derailed by Funhouse, which is probably not the first time that has happened. Uh, I've spoken to Funhouse quite a number of times on this podcast. Uh, I think, I don't know if I've talked of Sex Swing in particular, though. Uh, that is their, let's just go ahead and call it Spade Spade, their fake band. Uh, their fake band that plays a rock band and uses sort of rock band instruments. They treat it as a sort of spinal tappy thing in this video uh and it's very very funny and i'm so way over on this episode time wise that really it's going to be closer to an hour when it should be 25 minutes what the fuck uh so just go over and watch that okay so uh that means we're done but uh we're gonna have a little treat here too which is gonna make this episode even longer and that is for the third time ever a three-peat no less my Would You Rather scenario was chosen for the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, I think I've posted it every time, or at least spoken of it every time on the podcast. Uh, my favorite podcast, way better than this piece of shit, is called Comedy Bang Bang. And host Scott Ackerman will, not every single episode, but a fair amount of episodes, less now than I can ever remember before, will play a game called Would You Rather. Basically, he will have a scenario. Would you rather this? Or would you rather this? His guest will then not just choose a scenario. No, no, no. That would not be fun at all. What they will do is ask host Scott Ackerman uh, questions about each scenario in order to determine which they would like to choose at the end of the round of questions. Uh, it's basically an improv game, is how you would look at it. So uh, you're trying to ask interesting and funny questions about these ridiculous scenarios, three of which now I have submitted and been chosen. So uh, we're going to end this podcast, then we're going to hear that uh, scenario, because I cut and paste it from their podcast. Hey, <laughs> Probably should ask them if I could do that, but, uh, you know, what the hell? This is, uh, you know, the wide world of pirating podcast. What? No. Oh, boy. Before we get any more derailed, let's say, as I do, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done, with the exception of this uh, Would You Rather scenario, of course. All right, it's time to play Would You Rather. We all know how this is played. Did you guys play this when the Titans of Comedy were on last time? Maybe. Do you give a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, we all know how it's played. People send Would You Rather scenarios to our Twitter, which is at CBBWIR. I'll read them aloud. And then I'll open the floor for questions. Now, the important thing is is don't vote right away. Don't go, oh, I already know what this is, because there's so many questions that one can ask that will help narrow down your choice. I'll then open the floor for questions. You can ask me questions to help narrow down your choice, okay? Because there's a lot of stuff about that isn't included in the question. But the point is to answer as quickly as possible. (laughs) No, no, no. I know that you like to be a little spoiler and a little stinker. I just want to win. You just want to win, but I'll have to dock you points if you vote before I say it's time to vote. Can Can I vote right now? (laughs) <laughs> you can't. I would like to hear you vote right now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so at a certain point, I'll close the floor for questions and then we'll uh, vote and then we'll tally up the points. Here we go. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Jordan Maywood asks, would you rather your blood is green, magnetic, tastes of kiwi, and you have too much of it, or a different dead comedian will travel with you every day? All right, would you rather that your blood is green, magnetic, taste of kiwi, and you have too much of it, or a different dead comedian will travel with you every day? I'm opening the floor for questions. When you say too much of it, do you mean like you have like a bag you got to carry with you? No, yeah. there's too or much are of you it. you bloated? Yeah, you're, there's you're too big. much of it in your body. So, you know, like, sure, uh, your, your penis is always hard because, <laughs> you know, a, a ton of it goes into there as much as you can carry in there. But then you're, you just have this red tint. To your, you look like a blood bag that if someone were to poke you too hard, just like blood with you look like a giant hemorrhoid. Oh, no. But it's it's green though, so it's you know it's not red. It's it's green. And do you when you get near magnets, do you stick to them? <laughs> yes, of course. 
it, you know, your your blood is magnetic, right? So uh, it's when you get to actually when you get next to magnetics, you're repelled. You're repelled. Yeah, when you get next to any kind of metal. You are attracted to it. So now, if you if you uh, cut yourself, mm-hmm. cut yourself shaving, and you bleed a bunch, then are you back to normal for a little while, except for the magnetism? Yeah, if and you, then eventually it builds back up. So it, exactly. So if you you know a lot of times you're doing sort of a bloodletting situation um, where you're just trying to get as much out of it as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that ruins your pipes because it sticks to the pipes and makes your pipes magnetic. So when you're trying to, you know, throw away razor blades down the pipes, you know, they tend to stick. And <laughs> well, let's say, well, what if I just Carry around a pocket full of leeches. You know what I mean, problem Perfect. solved. Yeah, problems. Perfect. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, problem addressed. Certainly. Okay. I don't know that there are enough leeches in the world to uh, get you back down to your normal normal weight. How many yeah, leeches do you think there are in the world? Gosh, I think there's about well, leeches, fifteen. Leeches definitely. might not work because Those, it tastes it. like kiwi. Yeah, so they might. They wouldn't like. That they wouldn't like the kiwi flavor. Who doesn't like the kiwi flavor? Well, leeches don't. They're not smart. They What's your know. favorite flavor of uh, Lacroix? Uh, pimple mousse. I don't know. All of <laughs> you like the pimple mousse. Pimple mousse is good. They have the multi flavors. Ringing now. endorsement. Elderberry. So, are you going to answer? Oh, I don't know. They're they're all pretty good. <laughs> okay, great. I'll even okay. have coconut. Let me uh, let me go to these dead that. comedians now. Are yeah. they famous dead comedians, or is it just any old asshole who went to an open <laughs> mic gets to haunt you for a day? <laughs> who like who would be the worst in your opinion? Like a guy who you saw at one open mic, you're oh. like, oh boy. Yeah, the guy who tried it. The guy who's like, oh, you know, I. I'm told I'm pretty funny. Yeah, I have and, three uh, closers. Yeah. I talk about, you know, kitchen uh, disappointments <laughs> a lot. But are they dead when they're with you? They're Okay, that is a good question. They are only dead when they're with you. So they're currently alive comedians who die for the day. Uh, everyone mourns them. They're following you around, and then they come back to life. Do they follow, is it a Weekend of Bernie situation? So it's where publicized. You're kind of oh, yeah. Are you... Reaping, not reaping the benefits, but if they die and it's huge mm-hmm. and they're with you, are you like taking them around and being like, one last, one last, <laughs> one last time tour? with your favorite comedian? Yeah. No, no one can see the ghost. It's a ghost. Oh, so unfortunately, ghost. they're not. They're yeah, uh, yeah. It's a ghost. A dead comedian travels around with you every so day. So currently, in ghost form. A, so you would never have George Carlin. It have to be someone who's alive now. Maybe George Carlin's daughter. Yeah. She's so she would die day. for the day. Everyone would mourn her, and then after the day is done, they. How would many come people back. are really going to mourn George Carlin's daughter? <laughs> oh come on! She's. I hear the book is amazing. Uh, but but after about 20 times of this happening, people go, oh, I see what's happening. They're all coming back to life after spending one day with Anthony Jeselnik. Mm. So they no longer mourn dead comedians anymore. So when one actually dies, people are like, ah, Tom Sawyer's funeral. I'm, well, they, you know. they don't just wait a day? And then they're like, after a day, they're like, oh, wait, this is serious. Maybe, yeah. This is more serious than we thought. <laughs> it could be. Um, yeah, because hmm. that would like so ripple is- through any deaths. Mm-hmm. People would constantly be waiting a day. Well, if they've tried stand-up at least one yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> would that would comedians who are currently alive be killing themselves to try to hang out with me? I don't think so. <laughs> so when we say <laughs> <laughs> when we say tried comedy one time, it has to be a sanctioned open mic, like it had, or can you have just gotten up in your living room and said a few funny things? Yeah. What do you? What do you, Anthony? You you're you're the the expert on comedy. What do you consider to be someone? You I think it's got to be an on. official official open mic. You mm-hmm. know, you've got to see that symbol. What uh, is you it? You just got a hairbrush in the mirror. That's not going to cut it. Right. What, and describe the symbol again, because we all know on Twitter it's a blue check mark. What is it for the open mics? It's a red check mark. <laughs> okay, great. It's a red. It's a red check mark. But when right. they're if they're ghosts, when they're with you, they're like it's just like a breeze that you feel or something. No, or? you're able to see them. Uh, it's they, a Beetlejuice type of situation. Where you, you see them, but other people can and you can see feel them. them. Uh, you uh, if yeah if if they concentrate enough, they can sort of like push things around, like they can push a flower pot off a ledge and stuff like that. Is it but can you touch them like they're real? No, they they just kind of like you wave around. It's it a goes, lot like but you mist, talk yeah. to each other. Yeah, you definitely talk to each so other. So that's really interesting because you get to see a comedian reacting to his death the day after if there's outrage, if there's – not outrage, but outcry. <laughs> well, out, outrage at – yeah, well, outrage at the situation. <laughs> furious every, at God. It's, it's every right. single day. Every single day this happens, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, like Anthony, who would you like to hang out with? 
Oh, I wish you wouldn't put me on the spot like that. Like, uh, who are your who are your influences? What comedians would I want to see dead for a day? <laughs> sure. That's a better question. Um, God, it'd be great to get Eugene in there first off. You know, get the Titans back together. Yeah. That'd oh, like nice. we all die. Uh, David oh no, Keckner. he would hang out with us. Da- I'd love for David Keckner to die for a little bit, just mm-hmm. to kind of see the reactions of his children. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, you know, just for that day. Oh boy, Keckner's a dear friend. Anthony, what would you do if you die? If you died and then came back with me for a day, what would what would you want to do? Oh, I mean, I like leaning up against someone's wall with body paint on sounds fun because I wouldn't yeah. have to do it. I could kind of while you have your eyes closed, I could tell you. You could hey, get me hey, the they roast. See you. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I could. could I could get, steal roast because if you concentrate, you can get the roast for me. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. it's like I was famous for roasts in life, and now in <laughs> yeah. death. Yeah, and now in death, I just keep you're it stealing going. roasts. Exactly. I mean, I I think I stole that Trump roast. Yeah, if you no, want yeah, to you're the be. roast master. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm one of them. Roast master yeah, general. So that sounds, that's that's your nickname. That's what everyone calls me. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Ross. Are you known as the roast master general, Terry? Yeah, because yeah. you steal so many roasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. Yeah, it's not. So what for was your friend's main. name? Who you stole Jerry. this roast from, Jerry? Jerry. I got was he Jerry's like? Roast. I I got ro- I got roasted by the roast master general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an honor. It's. It yeah. has become an honor for me to steal your roast. So. And they're always like, well, I, you know, I should start to look at the walls more closely. Yeah, yeah. People do it to kind of help their career lately. Right. They go on and they or, or they they let me or, or I come into their house and steal their roast. Yeah. And it kind of gets them going again. It gives them a little bump. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. Justin Bieber. Yeah. yeah. Let Great. me ask you this about the yes, comedians. Please. Do I have to kill them? Yes. Or they just they just die or I have no, to. No, like, you do I have to kill up. them. They're like, okay, uh, you've got to go. You choose them, yes. Okay. And if you do not kill another comedian by midnight. <laughs> so you have to kill a comedian every day? Yeah, you die. If you, but you well, you'll die in one day. It, well, no, you'll you, get put in prison. No, you no, 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 no. You're not put in prison because they all come back to life. So, you know, by the time a trial comes around, you're like, this person isn't dead. You can't imprison me. Oh, I guess, but you maybe assault, maybe assault. Yeah. How do you do? You have to kill them the same <laughs> maybe way. Maybe a B and E. Is it like a magic knife, or you just got it. Like there a is a magic knife. Yeah. Mm. There's uh, a very magic. knife. Do you have to burn the corpse for it to become an official ghost? <laughs> yes. If you burn the corpse by the end of the day, then yes, it, it transfers into Thank being an gosh. actual ghost. So what would yeah. you say if you don't kill one every day? What happens? You die. Yeah. You. D- okay. Yeah. So it's basically you die. <laughs> Do you want the kiwi blood or do you die? Yeah, no, you're not going to be. No, you really don't, don't die. You, 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 in yeah. fact, you never die if you keep killing comedians. But you you'll never get watched up almost immediately. Would you? I if would. Yeah, because if you go into a comedy club and you shoot somebody and they're dead and then you drag their body out and burn it. <laughs> no, but no one – you don't have to burn it. That's the thing. You're not, you're not burning the bodies. He just wanted to know if you could burn the bodies uh, and keep them dead. You don't have to do that. No, I thought just for them to be a specter, you had to burn the body and they would oh, come no, back. Oh, no, 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 no. You're well. not burning the body. They come back to life like they're dead for 24 hours as long as their body is preserved and no one burns that body. They come, their, their spirit comes back into the body and they right, pop back up after 24 this. hours. I'm yeah. going out of town for a little bit. You know what sure. I mean? It's, it's Christmas is coming up. I got the holidays. I'm going to take some time off. Sure. Let's say I just throw a nail bomb. Into a, into an open mic situation, so they like, kill. So a bunch you get of a bunch months, of people all at once, and then they can kind of just. You do get two weeks off. Themselves. You get two weeks off two where weeks you can do that. Yeah. Okay. If, if Wait, you what have, about the magic knife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time a year, you're allowed a magic nail bomb to kill 14 people, and that'll tide you through the two week off period. And then you spend the holidays with, <laughs> with these them. Yeah. Ghosts. So all 14 is hang with you for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's okay. like it's a fun kind of like home for the holidays situation. Okay. With 14 crazy ghosts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are they Sounds- mischievous? <laughs> yeah, of course they are, <laughs> Terry. What kind of question is that? Well, I, it's just going to be uh, annoying to, to deal with all these mischievous comedians while I'm trying to spend time with my family over the holidays. Well, are they mad at you? Funny. Are the comedians mad at you? Oh, that no, you they get them? it. Okay, they get it. They're they're, yeah. they're they're on board. Yeah, it's a new experience for them. It's like being on like Mark Maron's podcast. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it's it's something you have thing, to do. You want to, yeah, you need to get through it at least <laughs> right. once. Uh, and it's weird if he hasn't had you on it. Right, you know, yeah. But, yeah, yeah no, exactly. Really wants that. Yeah. Or oh, guys, the floor is closed for questions. Okay. Wow, wow. Okay, hopefully you can make your choices based on all the questions. These are great questions, by the way. Really good competitive game, competitive game. All right, we're going to go here to Anthony first. How are you voting here? You seem to take I mean, a shine to the comedians. For sure. Scenario. I mean, I think that I think I'm the exception that proves the rule in this where you told me not to guess right away. Even if I mm-hmm. had guessed right away, I would have the same answer that I have now <laughs> after 
after sure. all of this. I'm going. Uh, I'm going comedians. Going comedian, and, and it's just yeah. the the pleasure of killing these comedians is what. Yeah, is I think the blood you. thing sounds so awful that I've co- yeah. whatever whatever was not the blood thing I would have taken. Okay, okay, very killing good. comedians uh, is just a bonus. All right, uh, Nathan, we're turning to you now. How, how are you voting? Yeah, I do the comedians because it's just like you have a the murderous blood thing rage. is like tortured to death, and this is just dying at midnight. I guess so. I would do that. So one. You wait, you're just gonna you're gonna <laughs> give up. You're gonna you're gonna die. Well, I mean, I honestly, with my, you're not gonna kill the person. You're just gonna die at midnight. I guess I would do it, and then how many I, people I, would if you? If I kill? get locked up, I, I, how do you? I just don't know what I would do. You'd you'd probably ask for a comedian to come visit you and kill them. <laughs> yeah, I guess is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If you're in jail, if you've ever been to jail, but they would take away the magic knife. No, they, it's magic, so uh, you're able to keep that. It's like, oh, you didn't, you didn't ask these questions. Okay, I guess I – I mean, I, I would do the comedian. But you are one. doing the comedian. How many yeah. people realistically do you think you'd kill? Like none. You think you wouldn't even do it? You have yeah. such a strong moral compass. I mean, that – Well, no, I just – like, kind I don't of know. against what I, you were saying earlier in the podcast. I but. don't think I could sustain it, hmm. so I would just die. You would just say, you know what? I give up, God. Because you're either dying a murderer mm-hmm. or you're just dying a normal. Right. Well, you know, I mean, we all die. Well, a, lot of, a lot of us, you know, don't give up like you would, though. Oh, don't get me started. All right. Very good. Let's move to Terry. Terry, how are you? Uh, so as much as I want uh, help stealing roasts – Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to choose blood bag. Really, big blood bag? Yeah, because green kiwi blood bag. Green, big green kiwi blood bag. Because I feel like once I got, once I figured out how to live with this uh, disorder, mm-hmm. I could make uh, money off of um, being a big magnet. Oh, okay. And yeah. I would go around and I would just like uh, do fairs and stuff. You could loan yourself out to like junkyards. Exactly. You could pick up cars. I could pick up cars. Um, I could, uh, you know, just get stuff out of tubes that have got, like would you drop a screwdriver down a big tube? I could mm-hmm. just get, get a screwdriver <laughs> sure, up. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and I feel like, yeah. I, I, would, Did I you, would. And that would be your commercial. I, I'm just imagining your commercial right now. Did you drop a screwdriver down a big tube? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I would start with for sure. That's just off the top of my head when I'm thinking. I, I'm constantly dropping screwdrivers down tubes. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Just uh, different, uh, you know, drains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my drains are Well, just look, a mess. we all have a ton of tubes, not yeah. just drains. Yeah, no, tubes. Tubes, <laughs> tubes that are, come in all shapes and sizes around the house. Absolutely. PVC, I got, I'm got. i always losing metal things in PVC. So I probably do that mm-hmm. um and i would go yeah i'm trying to think you know i just book myself on fairs and i'd pay you know probably a thousand dollars to book myself on the fair and then i charge people yeah i'd pay to get to reserve my spot and then i would charge you know 10 cent uh <laughs> admission cost yes. okay you're a bad businessman I have oh, to say. Would, I see. Now I would have to have a lot of people. Yeah, I but I'm know. trying to get as much people in there as possible. I like to keep the cost low. All right, very good. Well, let's tally up the points here. Oh, I, went, um, I wish I could change my answer now. That was good. That really, was you? I, I do. I, I will allow someone to change their answer if they say, "Please, sir, Mr. Scott, I want to change my answer. Please, please, please." The first person to say that. Please, sir, Mr. Scott, may I change my answer? Please, please, please. <laughs> yes, I will allow it. And I, you're, cha- no, you're changing to the no, magnet. I don't want to. You don't want to. <laughs> no, I okay. want to stay with comedians. Stay with comedians. Very good. All right, let's uh, tally up the points here. Uh, Nathan and Anthony, you both voted for the dead comedian scenario. And Terry, you voted for the blood uh, being green. Uh, and I have to say, Anthony, if you had changed your answer, you would have guessed correctly because Terry is our winner. He oh. guessed correctly. Boy, that was close. That's, uh, that's exciting. Yeah. And I, that, still, I feel like I won. Yeah, and that's how we play Would You Rather, of course. Yes. Congratulations, Terry. What Thank you so much. This is the first thing I've actually won. That was a nail-biter. He almost did it. He yeah. almost pulled it out. It was so close. Yeah. Congratulations. Would you like um... And Nathan, you were never in the game. Why well, I answered the same as him. <laughs> yeah, but he almost switched. <sighs> anyway. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things, and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory.
I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.